0: Well, good evening. It's good to see y'all here. Good to see our visitors here. Hope you enjoy the services with us this evening. Um, we've been going through the Ten Commandments. We're down to the Ninth Commandment that says, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. So we we'll want to look at this tonight and just see what all this means. So if you will take your Bibles and turn to James chapter 3 and verse... Well, I'll... Let me say some things first because I may not turn there anyway. But uh, the tongue. What are we supposed to use the tongue for? What was it made for? It was made to worship the Lord. It was made to bring glory and honor to God. And that's like in James chapter 3, verse 10, it says there, Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Our tongue ought to be used... Not as false witness, but our tongue ought to be used to bring glory and honor to the Lord. And you think about this. I heard this one time and I read it again this week. That the Lord has placed the tongue behind two fences. Your lips and your teeth. You close your mouth, it's covered in there. It's an unruly part of our body that can wreak havoc on lives. And we'll read a verse of scripture here in just a little bit that talks about that our tongue, um, out of our mouth comes a sword and a spear. You think about what that means. Words, there's this old saying, when I was a kid anyway at least, I, I heard this saying, that, um, let me see, I got it going and I don't remember what it is. Sticks and stones break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know That's not true. Sticks and stones do hurt. They do hurt. But sometimes words hurt worse than sticks and stones because those those scars never go away. I mean, but the sticks and stones, those bruises, those bumps, those scrapes, they heal up and they don't hurt much anymore sometimes. But those words, they stick around for a long time. But be careful what comes out of our mouth. So what we want to do is look into this Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor So I don't have this written down anywhere But just a quick question Who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? So I have to be nice to and not say anything To people that live right around me If they live two or, th- two or three streets over Then I'm good, right? Right? No, that's not what that means. Our neighbor is everyone. Anyone. Right? We need to not bear false witness against anyone. So in this command, in this commandment, there are two things forbidden for us to do. They're forbidden for us to do. One is to slander our neighbor, and the other is to bring a false witness. We're not to do either one of those. In this command, we see that. So, Uh, Turn to Psalms, chapter 35. Psalms, chapter 35. And we want to start reading here in verse 17. Psalms 35. In verse 17. And we're going to read down through... Wait a minute. Seven. That made no sense whatsoever when I was looking at it. Uh, verse seven. I said 17, didn't I? But we're going to start in verse seven instead. So Psalms 35, verse seven says For without cause have they hid for me their net in a pit, which without cause they have digged for my soul. Let destruction come upon him at unawares. And let his net that he hath hid catch himself. Into that very destruction let him fall. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like unto thee? Who delivereth the poor from him that is too strong for him? Yea, the poor who is needy from him that spoileth him. False witnesses... Did rise up. They laid at, to my charge things that I knew not. They rewarded me evil for good to the spoiling of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned unto mine own bosom. I behaved myself as though he had been my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one that mourned for his mother, but in mine, but in mine adversity, they rejoiced and gathered themselves together. Yea, the abjects gathered themselves together against me, and I knew it not. They did tear me and cease not. With hypocritical mockers at, in feasts, they gnashed upon me with their teeth. You, you look at this and these, these scriptures here. David says that he prayed for these that were going against him. He treated himself as though they were his friends. And then they turned against him. That's what's going to happen in this world. And if you haven't experienced that already, you will. You will experience people that will be your friend to your face and then stab you in the back as soon as they can. But what we have to be careful about, is not bear false witness against them. You know what? It, it, it's... Is it not a little bit enjoyable to find out something bad about somebody that done you dirty? Is it not a little bit enjoyable in that? It There is. To the flesh, there is some enjoyment in that. But that's not right. And you, you read this, what David says here that... Um, uh, In verse 9, when when their destruction comes, those that are coming against Him, those that are going against Him, in verse 9, He says, My soul shall be joyful, but joyful in what? In the Lord. It shall rejoice in His salvation. Look, not rejoice in their destruction. The Bible tells us that those that go against us, those that hurt us, those that harm us, when the the Lord brings vengeance on them, If we begin begin to be happy that they're having trouble, he'll stop. We need to not be happy they're having trouble. We need to pray for them. I'm looking at this spot here because we need to not slander our neighbor, no matter what our neighbor does. And we can speak the truth, but we don't need to go around talking about people. You know, I know people that if you ask me, what do you think about this guy? Well, I wouldn't trust him. I don't have to say a whole lot. I don't have to tell everything. Just I, don't, I, I wouldn't trust him. I'd be very careful about them. You know, and that's all we need to say. We don't need to start spreading things. Be careful with that. Look in Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 18. Matthew 11 verses 18 and 19. Yeah, verse 18 and 19 says, For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he hath a devil. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. And they say, Behold, a man gluttonous and a winebibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of our children. It's not going to matter what we do. People are going to talk against us. That's when we serve the Lord, When we live, when we try and follow his word... We try and live the life that he has for us to live and we try and obey his laws. People aren't going to like it. Doesn't matter. But we don't need to talk about them. Look in Psalms chapter 15. Psalms chapter 15. And we want to read, well, we're going to read the whole chapter here. In some other books, that may be Kind of scary, but in Psalms, it's not too scary unless it's Psalms 119, right? But Psalms one fifteen, five five verses. Listen to these verses here. It says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned, that's to despise, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that answereth to his own hurt and changeth not. That doesn't compromise is what that's meaning there. doesn't compromise even though it's going to hurt your stand. You don't compromise. He that putteth out, he, he that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. You look, and he mentions there he, in verse three, "He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. Those are the ones that's going to be in the holy hill. Those are the ones that's going to abide in the tabernacle. Think about that. The ones that follow his word, the ones that follow this commandment and bear not false witness against thy neighbor. The other, that's we don't slander our neighbor. We don't talk evil of our neighbor. And we don't bring false witness. In this, what I've seen in this is there's three things forbidden in this commandment. In this part of it, to not bear false witness is saying it. Bearing it to another, bearing it for or against another, and then professing something that's true that's not. That's bearing false witness. Uh, in saying it, Proverbs 12, 22. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 22. Uh, come on. Proverbs 12, 22. And you think about this with, with saying something, with bearing a false witness against another. Proverbs 12, says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. Which do you want to be? A delight or an abomination? Which do you want to be? I pray that all of you want to be a delight, right? To the Lord. Want to be his delight. In... In first, I'm not going to turn there, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, just it says there that well, I am going to turn there because I didn't I was going to quote the scripture, but then I'm terrible at quoting scriptures. I really am. If I'm not on a spot, I can probably do it. I can do it in my office, I can do it other places, but I get up here and my mind shuts down. But 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19, it says here, what? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. We know that verse of scripture, right? That our body is a temple of God. We need to treat it like it's a temple of God. We need to use it like it's a temple of God. We need to be a witness to those around us, not just in what we say, but in how we act, how we behave. And what we're talking about tonight is not bearing false witness against our neighbor, And you think about this. Our body is a temple of God. And so now turn to 1 John chapter 4 and verse 6. 1 John 4 and verse 6 tells us here about the Holy Ghost here. says, we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth us not. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Look we we know the spirit of truth because of who dwells within us the holy spirit the holy ghost dwells within us and when we when we are telling saying things falsely what are we doing we're not following the holy spirit are we we're not we're not using our temple our body as a temple of god we're not using it properly we're not using our tongue properly when we bear false witness, when we say those things that we shouldn't say. And you know this scripture too probably, Acts chapter 5. This is about Ananias and Sapphira. Acts chapter 5 and verse 3. You think about when we, when we tell a lie, when we say something that's, that's false. And we're being deceptive is what we're talking about. Now, I know some people would say, well, you mean you're saying you can't tease? You can't kid? You can't? I'm not saying that at all. We have sense of humors. We, we have that. We can use those. But when we truly try to deceive somebody for deception's purposes, to do harm or to get gain from them or to hurt them, um, that's wrong. But here, Acts chapter 5 and verse 3. So you know the story of Ananias and Sapphira. They sold a possession. They kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it in verse 2 and brought a certain part and laid it at apostles' feet. And what, and it, what they're doing here is not wrong. But what they are wrong in is they're telling, the, they're telling Peter that this is what we sold the land for. That's where they, that's where they went wrong. And Peter tells him later, when it was in your possession, it was yours. You didn't, you didn't have, you could have just said, here, we want to give this to the church. But instead, they wanted that pride. They wanted that notice. And they said, we sold this piece of prop, this possession, and here's all we sold it for. But they kept back part of the money. But it was theirs to keep back. They could have and been fine. But Peter said... Ananias, And you listen to what Peter says to him. Ananias, why have Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? And it's not that he kept back part of the price of the land. That's wrong. Understand that. It's that he lied about it. He didn't tell them he kept back part. But he said he, this is all they sold it for. Now that's we know that because he says in verse four, whilst whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was so, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this saying in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. But you look at what Peter tells Ananias when we lie, when we speak those things that are false accusations, when we say those things against our neighbor falsely, who has filled our heart? Think about who we're following. When we do that, we're following Satan. The second thing in this, to not bear false witness, is to, not be, to bring it for or against another. We're not to do that. Bringing it for another is when we witness for one that is in deception, saying that they're telling the truth. And we're helping them tell a lie. Um, in Isaiah chapter 5, Isaiah chapter 5, I think that's right. Isaiah 5. That's what I have written down, but. Isaiah 5, verse 18. Yes, this is it. Isaiah 5. I I was thinking it wasn't Isaiah 5, but it is. Isaiah 5, verse 18, uh, down through verse 23. And we're talking about those that um, bring false accusations for another. And testifying that they're right when they know when they're wrong. says, Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin as it were with a cart rope. That say, let him make speed and hasten his work that we may see it. And let the, let it, let, let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh and come that we may know it. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, and put darkness for light, and light for darkness, and put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes, and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine, and men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward, and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. And you you look at this here that um, that verse 19 is the same as in Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, where it says, they say, where is the promise of your, your God? Where, where is he? For all things, I'm paraphrasing that, of course, all things continue as they were from the beginning. They're saying, let him show himself. We don't, we don't believe he's around. Let him show himself. But you read those woes in verse 20, 21, and 22. One of them that call evil good. And when we bear a false witness and we, we bring it for someone, saying that they're right when they're really wrong. You look at the group we're in, which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. That's the group we're in. Or when we bear uh, it against another and accuse him publicly, falsely, Um, Proverbs 25 and verse 19, Proverbs chapter 25 and verse uh, 18, 18 and 19, Proverbs 25 verse 18 and 19 says, a man that beareth false witness against his neighbor is a maul and a sword and a sharp arrow. Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot at a joint. This is the verse I was talking about that words, words hurt. Words can hurt. And the man that beareth false witness against his neighbor is a maul and a sword and a sharp arrow. Those both make those all three cut and they damage and they tear up flesh, They, they leave scars that are there from now on you know I've had some surgeries and you know what I have scars if you've had a surgery you probably have a scar that's still there you know I've gotten I've had burns I used to have on my yeah it was this hand that I had a, a riding mower and I knew better but I forgot that the blade didn't work on the mower blade and so I shut it all off, I got down, and somebody was talking to me, and then I reached my hand up underneath there, and that blade was still going. I had it turned off, so it stopped right away, but not after it, till it hit my hand. But I had knocked off, and I had some scars, and I got to find it, but you can still see one of them on there. But it lasted for a long time, you know? I mean, and that's what this is talking about, those scars that these words cause are there for a long time. And then that verse 19 says, confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble. I put these two verses together here because when we have confidence in that one, that's unfaithful. Ted, that's like, he says, it's like a broken tooth or a foot out of joint. Have you ever, you ever had a broken tooth and tried to eat an apple? You won't eat an apple with a broken tooth, will you? You won't do it. You ever had a broken tooth and tried to eat, period? I mean, you eat on the other side of your mouth. If you can't at all. But if you ever tried to walk with a foot out of joint? You ever tried to walk with a, with a sprained ankle? You can't. You can't, just like you cannot trust in that one that asks you to be unfaithful. You can't trust in that one. So don't. With bearing false witness against our neighbor is not just in speaking falsehood. It's also going along with it. It's also going along with it and bearing that false witness and helping them tell those things that are not true and professing that it is true. We're here in Proverbs. So Proverbs 19, verse 5. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 5 says here, A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. You, I mean... It doesn't say probably will not. It says a false witness shall not be unpunished. And he that speaketh lies shall not escape. I've told you what that word shall means. I love that little word shall because it means will be. Think about that. Shall not be unpunished. It will will be done. They will be punished. If we speak a false witness against our neighbor, we will be punished. It will be found out. We're not going to get away from it away with it. Look in Deuteronomy chapter 19. Deuteronomy chapter 19. And we'll start here in verse 15. Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15. You 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 read this here, this law here. Moses is reminding the children of Israel of, verses 15 down through 21, and if we applied that today, how many people do you think would sue somebody today? In verse 15, it says, "...one witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin, in any sin that he sinneth. At the mouth of two witnesses, or at the mouth of three witnesses, shall the matter be established." If a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him that which is wrong, then both the men between whom the controversy is is, shall stand before the Lord, before the priest and the judges which shall be in those days. And the judges shall make diligent inquisition. And behold, if the witness be a false witness and hath testified falsely against his brother... Then shall ye do unto him that he had thought to have done unto his brother, so shall thou put the evil away from among you. And those which remain shall hear and fear, and shall henceforth commit no more any such evil among you. And thine eye shall not pity, but life shall go for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. So you bring a false accusation against someone, right there it tells us that what should happen, what you wanted to happen to them should happen to you. And nobody should say, oh, that's terrible. I said, no, that's right. There shouldn't be pity on them. Today we have a lot of all of this going on, false accusations and everybody's so crazy. And we shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't be at all. You you think about this with this bearing a false witness against our neighbor. And I wrote this down so I would remember it because, yeah, I don't always. But he hurts three at one time. You've heard killing two birds with one stone, right? With this one, when you bear a false witness to someone, you hurt three people at one time. You hurt who who he is talking about. So the one you're bearing a false witness about, you hurt them. You hurt the one you're talking to, causing them to think wrongly about the one you're talking about. Okay? And then you also hurt your own self for telling what is false because you, you bring yourself into that you, you won't be unpunished. You hurt all three. So And you think about who that you are... Um, in league with when we bear false witness. Can you think of an example in the Bible where somebody bore false witness against someone or had someone bear false witness is the example I have. Um, And what I'm thinking about is in 1 Kings chapter 21. I'm not going to turn over there and read that because it's the whole chapter. You remember that chapter? You remember who it's about? Naboth? Naboth had a vineyard, and Ahab wanted that vineyard, so he tried to buy it. And Naboth said, no, because it's in my family. I'm not going to sell it. And so Naboth went into his room and laid down on his bed and was all sad and pouting, right? Jezebel come in and said, what's wrong with you? And he said, Naboth won't sell his vineyard. And so what did Jezebel do? She hired two witnesses, right, to go in and witness against Naboth. And say, and, it's, uh, and say that he blasphemed against the Lord. And what did they do? What, what, what did the court do? It seemed to be a good case. So they took Nabalt out and stoned him to death. And then they sent word to Jezebel and said, hey, it's done. Naboth stoned and he's dead. So then Jezebel went and told Ahab, you can go get your vineyard now, sweetie. You can go get it. And so he went in. I don't know what she said, but that's what I said. But he went in and got the vineyard. And you look at this. That, that was in 1 Kings chapter 21. It wasn't until 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 32 and verse 33 that. Um, and there, I'm going to turn over there. 2 Kings chapter 9 and verse 32 2 Kings chapter 9 and verse 32 and verse 33 says and he that's Jehu lifted up his face to this window and said because Jezebel looked out of the window and this is kind of a neat thing Uh, I don't know if neat or not but in verse 30 it says and when Jehu was come to Jezreel Jezebel heard of it and she painted her face and and, I Tired her head and looked out, her, out at a window. So, And when Jeru entered in at the gate, she said, Had Zemriah peace, who slew his master? And Je, uh, Jeru looked, lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? And there looked out to him two or three eunuchs. And he said, Throw her down. So they threw her down, and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and some on the horses, and he trod her underfoot. And then when he was come in, he did eat and drink and said, Go see now this cursed woman and bury her, for she is the king's daughter. Show her some respect, he says. And they went out to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull, the brain that thought up all these things to do, and the feet that went places shouldn't go, and the palms of her hands that did things she shouldn't do. Wherefore they came again and told him, and he said, This is the word of the Lord which was spake by the servant Elijah the Tishabite, saying, In the portion of Jezebel shall dogs eat the flesh and of Jezebel, and the carcass of Jezebel shall be as a dung upon the face of the field and the portion of the Jezreel. So that they shall not say, this is Jezebel. There wasn't a place where they could bury her, and they found the remains. All they'll find is a skull, feet, and hands. They can't say that's Jezebel. They can't. But you, you think about this. That's When we tell a false witness, when we bear a false witness against our neighbor, who are we putting ourselves in league with? Who? And this is one thing that I thought of. I thought about the, the witnesses that tried to witness against Christ. But then I thought, well, they got confused. You know, they got confused and couldn't do it. And thought of some other ones that tried to bear false witness against Paul. And say all these things against Paul. But then I thought of Jezebel here. That she, bear, she had hired some and bore bear false witness against Nabal. And he was killed. And then it was years later It was a while later that she was thrown out the window and the prophecy came true for her. Then that it will be found out. You think about this. It will be. You will be found out and you will not be unpunished. We're not to bear false witness against our neighbor. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18 says, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. That's what he tells us we ought to do. Look in Matthew 22, and you know these scriptures here. Matthew 22 is where the lawyers came to the Lord, came to Christ, and tempting him. They're trying to trick him. Matthew 22, verse 34 says, but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? You know, I often wonder, because they're tempting him in this, and I'll just figure in my mind that they had this all figured out, okay, if, if we're going to ask him which is the greatest commandment. So if he says this one, which a lot of people say this is the greatest commandment, they were going to say, yes, but what about this? But if he says this one, they were going to say, well, what about this one? Well, they have this all lined up and figured up in their mind because they're tempting him. They're trying to trick him into something. But then Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Could they argue with that one? You can't argue with that. That's the first and greatest commandment. To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And verse 39 and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And we read read this scripture in the beginning of this study. Of looking at the ten commandments. Because the first four are about our relationship with God. How we're to love him first and foremost above everything else with all of our being. And then the the next six, the following six, and we've been going over here for the past few times, is our relationship with, with our brother and sister in Christ, with mankind. Our relationship with man, that we're to have respect for them because they are like us. We're, we're not to look at people and say they're different. And, well, they are different, but we're not to look down on them because they are different. We're to treat them as equals is what we're to do. And we're to love them, love our neighbor as ourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And then lastly, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which we know this too, 1 Corinthians 13 is a chapter on... Um, um, love, uh, the the um, gifts, I couldn't think of the word there, spiritual gifts. Chapter 13, verse 4, 4 through 7, says, charity suffereth long, and is kind, and charity envieth not. And you know what charity is? It's love. The marks of love here is what we're reading. What we see this in people, we ought to see it in people, and they ought to see it in us, charity suffereth long in its kind, charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself, charity is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things." That's charity. That's love. The world takes this too far. We ought to love. We ought to care. But it says there that, that charity, love, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. There's some things that love does not rejoice in. There's some things that charity does not rejoice in. Those falsehoods, those lies, those false teachings, we should not rejoice in those. But we should rejoice in the truth. But I have to say here, before you can rejoice in the truth, you must what? Know the truth. You have to know it. And it, it to me, it puts you right back to studying for yourself. Proving the word true in your own heart, your own mind. But what we're looking at tonight, what we've been looking at tonight is, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. We shouldn't bear false witness against our neighbor. We shouldn't pick up those things that people have said against someone else and tell them. That's still bearing false witness. We need to be careful and make sure that we're not spreading. I tell you, this flesh enjoys spreading things. This flesh. And you think about it. It's funny that what what travels faster, good news or bad news? Bad news always travels faster. Why? Because it's juicy. It's juicy and fun to tell. Oh, did you hear what happened to so and so? I mean, do your ears not perk up when you hear someone say, Did you hear what happened? Come on, our all of our ears perk up when we hear those words. It's it's in our flesh to listen to those things. Oh, you know, and We don't need to be telling. We don't know if those things are true or not. Don't bear false witness against thy neighbor. But we need to have respect and honor for our neighbors, for our fellow man. But if you're here today and you're lost, I know this has not been a message of salvation. But you need the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only way of salvation. He's the... He's it. He's the answer for all of us that are saved and to live our lives the way we ought to. And he's the answer for you to have eternal life. He's it. He's the only way of salvation. Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So, but we'll be praying for you. that The Lord would save you even tonight. So if the uh, musicians would come, if the song leader would come, if you would, go ahead.